Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Bearded Things. I'm your bearded host. My name's Chris. I'm here with my buddy, Tyler. Tyler, how are you? I am fantastic because today is Halloween. I mean, boo. (laughs) In honor of Halloween, we wanted to do something a little bit different and fun for you guys. So we went and uh, we read books. Yeah, we got smart and stuff. (laughs) We uh, did a very special episode dedicated to you, our loyal listeners and bearded friends. Uh, We decided we thought it would be great to recite, nay, not recite, to teleplay Edgar Allan Poe. And which story are we doing from Edgar Allan Poe? We are doing the Cask of Amontillado. And it's one of my personal favorites, and hopefully it will become one of your favorites as well. Yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. It's public license, so we our options were limited. But, you know, everything from Edgar Allan Poe is amazing, so it, you can't really go wrong with that. Absolutely. So without further ado, we hope you enjoy this special edition that we put together out of the love in our beards and our hearts for you. Happy Halloween, everybody. Be safe. Happy Halloween. <laughs> The thousand injuries of Fortunato I had borne as best I could, but when he ventured upon insult, I vowed revenge. You who so well know the nature of my soul will not suppose, however, that I gave utterance to a threat. At length, I would be avenged. This was a point definitely settled, but the very definitiveness with which it was resolved precluded the idea of risk. I must not only punish, but punish with impunity. A wrong is unredressed when the retribution overtakes its redresser. It is equally unredressed when the avenger fails to make himself felt as such to him who has done the wrong. It must be understood that neither by word nor deed had I given Fortunato cause to doubt my good will. I continued as was my into smile in his face, and he did not perceive that my smile was at the thought of his immolation. He had a weak point, this Fortunato. Although in other regards he was a man to be respected and even feared, he prided himself on his connoisseurship in wine. Few Italians have the true virtuoso spirit, for the most part, their enthusiasm is adopted to suit the time and opportunity, to practice imposture upon the British and Austrian millionaires. In painting and gemery, Fortunato, like his countrymen, was a quack. But in the matter of old wines, he was sincere. In this respect, I did not differ from him materially. I was skillful in the Italian vintages myself and bought largely whenever I could. It was about dusk one evening during the supreme madness of the carnival season, that I encountered my friend. He accosted me with excessive warmth, for he had been drinking much. The man wore motley. He had on a tight-fitting party-striped dress, and his head was surmounted by the conical cap and, and bells. I was so pleased to see him that I thought I should never have done wringing his hand. I said to him, My dear Fortunato, you are luckily met. How remarkably well you are looking today. 
but I have received a pipe of what passes for Amontillado, and I have my doubts. How? Amontillado? A pipe? (coughs) Impossible. And in the middle of the carnival? I have my doubts, I replied, and I was silly enough to pay the full Amontillado price without consulting you in the matter. You were not to be found, and I was fearful of losing a bargain. Amontillado? I have my doubts. Amontillado. And I must satisfy them. Amontillado. I am on my way to La Cressy. If anyone has a critical turn, it is he. He will tell me. <coughs> Lucrezzi, he cannot tell Amontillado from Sherry. And yet some fools will have it that his taste is a match for your own. Come, let us go. Whither? <coughs> to your vaults. My friend, no, I will not impose upon your good nature. I perceive you have an engagement, and Lucrezzi... I have no engagements. Come. My friend, no... It's not the engagement, but the severe cold with which I perceive you are afflicted. The vaults are insufferably damp. They are encrusted with nitre. Let us go nonetheless. (coughs) This cold is merely nothing. Amontillado, you have been imposed upon. (coughs) And as for Lucreshi, he cannot distinguish Sherry from Amontillado. Thus speaking, Fortunato possessed himself on my arm and putting on a mask of black silk and drawing a rocolaire closely about my person, I suffered him to hurry me to my palazzo. There were no attendants at home. They had absconded to make merry in honor of the time. I told them that they should not return until the morning. I took from their sconces two flambeaux and giving one to Fortunato, bowed him through several suites of rooms to the archway that led into the vaults. I passed down a long and winding staircase requesting him to be cautious as he followed. We came at length to the foot of the descent and stood together upon the damp ground of the catacombs of the Montresors. The gait of my friend was unsteady. And the bells, the bells upon his cap, jingled as he strode. (laughs) The pipe? It is further on, but observe the white webwork which gleams from these cavern walls. He turned towards me and looked into my eyes with two filmy orbs that distilled the room of intoxication. Uh, (coughs) How long have you had that cough? My poor friend found it impossible to reply for many minutes. It, It is nothing. We will go back. Your health is precious. You are rich, respected, admired, beloved. You are happy, as I once was. You were meant to be missed. For me, it is no matter. We will go back. You will be ill, and I cannot be responsible. Besides, there's Lucrezzi and- Enough! (coughs) This cough is a mere nothing. It will not kill me. I shall not die of a cough. True. True, and indeed. I had no intention of alarming you unnecessarily, but you should use all proper caution. A draft of this medic will defend us from the damps. Here I knocked off the neck of a bottle which I drew from a long row of its fellows that lay upon the mold. Drink, I said, presenting him the wine. He raised it to his lips with a leer. He paused and nodded to me familiarly while his bells jingled. I drink to the buried that repose around us. And I to your long life. (coughs) These vaults 
are extensive. The Montresors were a great and numerous family. And I forget your arms? A huge human foot. The foot crushes a serpent rampant whose fangs are embedded in the heel. And the motto? Nemo mi impune la seset. No one attacks me with impunity. Good. The wine sparkled in his eyes and the bells jingled. My own fancy grew warm with the medic. We had passed through long walls of piled skeletons with casks and puncheons intermingling into the inmost recesses of the catacombs. I paused again. And this time, I'd made bold to seize Fortunato by an arm above the elbow. We are below the river's bed. The drops of moisture trickle among the bones. Come, come, we will go back ere it's too late. Your cough, it's... It is nothing. Let us go on. But first... Another draft of the medic? We passed through a range of low arches, descended, passed on and descending again, arriving at a deep crypt in which the foulness of the air caused our flambeau rather to glow than flame. At the most remote end of the crypt there appeared another less spacious. Its walls had been lined with human remains piled to the vault overhead in the fashion of the great catacombs of Paris. Three sides of this interior crypt were still ornamented in this manner. From the fourth side, the bones had been thrown down and lay promiscuously upon the earth, forming at one point a mound of some size. Within the wall, thus exposed by displacing of the bones, we perceived a still interior crypt or recess, in depth about four feet, in width three, in height six or seven. It seemed to have been constructed for no especial use within itself, but formed merely the interval between two of the colossal supports of the roof of the catacombs, and was backed by one of their circumscribing walls of solid granite. It was in vain that Fortunato, uplifting his dull torch, endeavored to pry into the depth of the recess. Its termination, the feeble light, did not enable us to see. Proceed, I said. Herein is the Montiato, as for Lucreci... He is an Aguilaramus. He stepped unsteadily forward. Well, I followed immediately at his heels. In niche, and finding an instant he had reached the extremity of the niche, and finding his progress arrested by the rock, stood stupidly bewildered. A moment more, and I fettered him onto the granite. In its surface were two iron staples, distant from each other about two feet horizontally. From one of these depended a short chain, from the other a padlock. Throwing the links about his waist, it was but the work of a few seconds to secure it. He was too much astounded to resist. Withdrawing the key, I stepped back from the recess. Pass your hand, I said, over the wall. You cannot help filling the nighter. Indeed, it is very damp. Once more, let me implore you to return. No? Then I must positively leave you. But I must first render you all the little attentions in my power. The Amontillado. True, I replied. The Amontillado. As I said these words, I busied myself among the pile of bones of which I have before spoken. Throwing them aside, I uncovered a quantity of building stone and mortar. With these materials, and with the aid of my trowel, I began vigorously to wallop the entrance of the niche. I had scarcely laid the first tier of the masonry, when I discovered that the intoxication of Fortunato had in great measure worn off. It was not the cry of a drunken man. There was then a long and obstinate silence. 
I laid the second tier, and the third, and the fourth, and then I heard the furious vibrations of the chain. The noise lasted for several minutes, during which that I might hearken to it with more satisfaction. I ceased my labors and sat down upon the bones. When at last the clanking subsided, I resumed the trowel and finished without interruption the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh tier. The wall was now nearly upon the level of my breast. I again paused and, holding the flambeau over the mason work, threw a feeble raise upon the figure within. A succession of loud and shrill screams bursting suddenly from the throat of the chain formed seemed to thrust me violently back. For a brief moment, I, I hesitated. I, I trembled. Unsheathing my rapier, I began to grope with it about the recess, but the thought of an instant reassured me. I placed my hand upon the solid fabric of the catacombs and felt satisfied. I reapproached the wall. I replied to the yells of whom clamored. I re-echoed. I aided. I surpassed them in volume and in strength. I did this. And the clamor grew still. It was now midnight, and my task was drawing to a close. I had completed the eighth the ninth and the tenth tier. I had finished a portion of the last and the eleventh. There remained but a single stone to be fitted and plastered in. I struggled with its weight. I, I placed it partially in its destined position. But now there came from out of the niche a low laugh that erected the hairs upon my head. It was succeeded by a sad voice which which i had difficulty recognizing as that of the noble fortunato <laughs> a very good joke indeed an excellent jest we will have many a rich laugh about it at the palazzo over our wine the amontillado yes the amontillado <laughs> but is it not late um will they not be awaiting us at the palazzo the lady fortunato and the rest <laughs> let us be gone for the love of god montresor yes i said for the love of God. But to these words, I hearkened in vain for a reply. I grew impatient. I called aloud, Fortunato! No answer. I called again, Fortunato! No answer still. I thrust the torch through the remaining aperture and let it fall within. There came forth in return only a jingling of the bells. My heart grew sick. It was the dampness of the catacombs that made it so. I hastened to make an end of my labor. I, I forced the last stone into its position against the new masonry I re-erected. The old rampart of bones for the half-century, nor mortal has disturbed them. Impasse requiscat. Rest in peace. <laughs>